guys, Evan from Jimaware. We're really happy to be supporting Coach Tomato's podcast series once again. For those that don't know, our main product is Jimaware. It's the gold standard for measuring performance and implementing velocity-based training in the weight room. It excels in busy team training environments, and for many coaches, it's the Swiss Army knife of their toolkit. The Jimaware is used for athlete profiling, jump testing, fatigue monitoring, and for listing within velocity zones. The system provides real-time feedback on individual targets, plus it's got an impressive range of leaderboards. Now, for those that are after a VBT device that's affordable, for the individual and for smaller groups, we recently released our new laser-based product, Flex. Importantly, it's been independently validated and proven to be both accurate and reliable. So if you're interested in either product, or you wanna learn more about the velocity-based training and how it can help you as a coach, Check out our website or contact us directly. So in the meantime, we trust you enjoy the Coach DeMayo's podcast, Outside the Rack. The world of strength and conditioning is filled with some fantastic practitioners that are always searching for more. But more what? What are strength and conditioning coaches searching for to better their ability to prepare their athletes? Well, what about cutting edge information? Or a place where you can find different opinions from forward-thinking coaches on what you're doing, how you're doing, and try to get feedback to be better for your athletes? Or what about a place where you'll find like-minded coaches that can provide solid coaching advice and career development for you as you progress through your career as a strength and conditioning professional? Well, this is exactly why we built the Strength Coach Network. You'll have access to exclusive monthly content on top of the sensationally active forum that we have where you can communicate with coaches all over the world to find those answers that you're looking for to help you be a better practitioner for your athletes. So make sure you hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com slash CVASPS, that's strengthcoachnetwork.com slash CVASPS, and get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. I look forward to seeing you in the Strength Coach Network. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the 61st episode of Outside the Rack, brought to you by Kinetic Performance, the makers of GymAware. In this show, we're just going to try to dive a little deeper into the minds of the top practitioners in the world of sport performance to learn a little bit more of, about who they actually are and how they got to where they are today. Today, we are joined by the head of SNC for Surrey County Cricket Club in the United Kingdom, Darren Venice. Dazzy! Thanks for being with us, brother. Yes, mate. <laughs> we're in. We're here. We're yeah. good to go. You know, it's here, mate. Final. We've had a few hiccups. Yeah, you know, it's funny. It's it's weird, like with COVID and you know, you guys being the first internationals to play. You know, it it, it got difficult. It got tricky. <laughs> it, 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 I mean, the, the the New York time difference. It, it's amazing how many times that that became. A drama, and then yeah, we we almost we almost made it, and then the, there's been a couple of things, last minute hiccups, but here we are. We're good. We're, yeah. we're sat down. I'm buzzing, mate. Yeah, and I'm so happy to see you. It's so glad you're doing well, brother. But before we get going too far, man, who who is Dazzy? Who am I? What? So Daz Vanessa. Um, I'm the ripe old age of fifty these days. Uh, so I've been around since the 70s, I've been lifting since the 80s, coaching since the 90s, and uh, primarily from a coaching point of view in, in English cricket. So I uh, worked for Surrey County Cricket Club, one of the eight counties, 
and um, yeah, happily married, father of two girls. They're growing up fast, and uh, luckily not turning my, my hair too grey. And um, yeah, that, that, that's that's about it in a in a, in a brief nutshell. Yeah, man. I'll tell you that. I guess that's the difference between pro sport over in England and college sport over here because the, the games turn me as gray as can be. So <laughs> it's just, you know. But yeah. If the, if the camera's picking up, I'm, I'm looking quite dark at the minute. There's, there's, plenty of, there's plenty of silver in this beard, mate. Trust me. It's oh, kicking up. Dapper, though. Dapper, though. It's it's uh it, it, it's it's the educated look. That's what I like to say. <laughs> yeah, that that's a contrast for for me. The educated look at my mouth, and you get the brummy accent comes out from time to time, and uh, yeah, that that changes things a little bit. But yeah, that's my cost to bear. <laughs> no, I love it, brother. But listen, man, as a guy that that's been, you know, in in cricket for a while and has, has kind of, you know, worked his way through really like we could, we could say like through the inception of what we all do, I'm really fired up to, to get you down here and, and to, to be able to, to start with this first question, brother. And that is, if you wouldn't mind, describe a learning situation that brought about an epiphany in your career. Okay. So I've, I've got two here. So the, my first one came pr well and truly pre-cricket. So before cricket, um, uh, as is often the case with lots of lads that you know, live and breathe the gym, uh, I had a, uh, an evening, evening job, which was a nightclub bouncer. So all through the late 80s and the early 90s, I was working the doors in Birmingham. And um, yeah, it was, a, it was an interesting time. It was a busy time. And there's, there's lots of stories that you and I could have on another day. But the, the big epiphany, the big one for me, uh, if I reflect on that, and I've spent, a, obviously, because of the mishaps, we've had plenty of time to reflect on this, is um, communication and the use of language. So whilst I was working the doors, um, you know, I'm a glass half full kind of guy. I, I wanted to have a good night. The people in the clubs wanted to have a good night. I didn't want to uh, have a punch up every five minutes, and I didn't didn't want any uh, any uh, significant you know aggro and and behaviour that's going to spoil my night. Never mind anybody else's. So I was always keen on trying to chat my way through a situation, and and see if we could calm things down just by having having a decent conversation. And pre pretty often, relatively often. I actually managed to do it, and I, I did it enough. But it was my third course of action, and the amount of times that, as, as I reflect, the amount of times that it got me out of trouble is phenomenal. And the truth is, you know, if it went wrong, there's a good chance you're walking away with stitches at the end of the evening. And uh, if ever there was an incentive to get it right, that. With, the, with, with some of the best ones, you know, it's, it's either get it right or you're running the risk of a trip to A&E, accident and emergency and getting them stitches done. So um, the, the ability to communicate effectively then uh, was a massive, massive uh, turning point in, in my pattern of behaviour, let's say. Because I went straight, literally straight from, 
from working on the nightclub was in the evenings and then transferred into professional sport and uh, started my work uh, originally down in, down in Somerset in the south of England before I went to Surrey in the southeast. Um, there's no doubt that that ability uh, to just look for effective communication, uh, that, that stood me in good stead. And then the big one in sport, uh, if, we, if we go back, uh, we're, we're talking at least a decade. I had an appraisal. So I'd want to, every year we all get a price and we all have an appraisal and my line manager sat down and we went through a few points and we're talking about areas to improve and there was a few where it's like, yeah, completely agree, yeah, understood, I'll put that in place, that's good feedback. And there was a few points that I, I disagreed with and fundamentally disagreed with and we went backwards and forwards and I've, got, I've still got an, an excellent relationship with the guy that was my line manager at the time. And um, we're, we're not really getting anywhere. We're at loggerheads. And the bottom line is uh, he had an opinion at the time. And I had some data and some hard facts that countered that opinion. And the one thing that we're seeing these days is there's, there's plenty, of, plenty of people saying that your opinion doesn't overrule my hard facts. Well, at, at that time, I, I was thinking, it does. And a few days later, I have, I have another meeting with the next man, the man at the top of the food chain, the CEO. And the feedback I got then was very, very similar to the, that of my line manager. And that was my epiphany. That was a pivotal moment for me because what I realized, although I'm stood there and I'm trying to defend my case with this hard data, and I had, I had the results to back up my, my side of the argument and counter the opinion that was there, um, it wasn't enough. And that, again, was a massive, massive turning point for me because I realized that my, my communication at that point, it wasn't effective enough. Whatever I was saying and however I was communicating and get, trying to get that message across, it wasn't as effective as uh, at the time I thought it was. I, I thought I was doing a cracking job of getting the message across. And the good thing is, is that the lads and the players, the squad understood that, but feeding up the chain, um, it was, it was a, an issue. And I knew then that if I didn't, if I didn't rectify that, I'm living on borrowed time, regardless of how effective my programming might've been, my comms with the players, the, the results, the hard statistics that were there, the reduction in tissue injuries that you know, are always a decent measure of an effective sort of you know, training program in, in sport anyway. So that again, that, that another epiphany where I thought I was doing it right and it just wasn't good enough and I had to sharpen up. So, there was, so there's two for me that if your communication is off, then... It, it doesn't matter. It does not matter how good your programming is. It does not matter how effective uh, you've been in improving performance, reducing injury rates, and all the other variables that come in in, in our roles. And it was the comps, it was the communication, and recognizing that I couldn't talk to people uh, outside of my initial, in my in immediate loop. Like you and I would chat, you know, I, I needed to talk how I, I had to reframe 
for 90% of the language just to get it just to get it understood and remember that the points hit home. Yeah, man. I think nowadays people like to say that, you know, you, you meet them where they're at, right? Like that's the new cool thing to say where we would be like, you put a post on Instagram or something for some of the younger kids or, you know, understanding the, the sport language or whatever, or being able to talk somebody who's, you said you're one or four a night, like a guy who's five or six a night in uh, and understanding the, the language to get them to go from throwing bows to walking away. I mean, it, it all ends up being, how can we figure out what, the method to get through their skull is and yeah. slow down and get there. hundred percent. And like I said, you know, with the players, it, it, that was relatively, I was talking their language and they stood it and they were engaged and cracking on. And, uh, I mean, I've, I've always been a, a, a fan of sort of cognitive evaluation theory and you know, that positive feedback loop and, and using that kind of language as a powerful tool for engagement and buying. And that's, that's never let me down with the squad members and the players. Um, but managing up the chain, that was something that uh, it, was an, it was another massive learning curve and a whole different set of you know, sort of variables. So it reinforces that point exactly, mate. You know, it, You've, you've got you've got to meet them on their side of the fence, but it's again it's easy to say that on Instagram. But then, are you actually delivering it? I I thought I was at the time. I'm definitely better now. Um, but again, huge epiphany for me and a huge learning curve again, and a, a very fast sort of you know self appraisal. It's easy to say that on Instagram, but are you actually delivering it? I love that. That's it. It's got to be. And there's only one way you'll know. And it, it's, a, it's an easy one to, to find out. You'll just, you just look at the face and, and you can see the reaction and you can see the read the body language, which again, you know, is, is, an, is another factor of those, those years in the nightclubs, reading body language, trying to figure out how that changes and what's what's coming is going to follow you know again with those set circumstances quite often it could be a bottle or a glass falling towards you yeah you got to be switched up paying attention you got to read what's coming so no doubt man no so there's my epiphany yeah man i love it dude and i think too that that's a good lead-in you know because you're talking about a situation where in both aspects you've got to learn you've got to be able to step back you've got to be able to reevaluate you've got to be willing to take criticism and if you're willing to do that, you're a person that's willing to ask questions. You're the person who's willing to dig. So I'm, I'm pretty stoked to hear what you got for number two, Dazzy. And that is, if you could ask one question and you know you would get the answer to it, what would that question be and why? Okay. So, so, so this one, because this is outside of the rack and this is away from, away from what we're normally talking about. Because first of all, you're thinking, oh, Okay, who's right, Bonnachuk or Franz Bosch? <laughs> Where are we going with this? <laughs> you know, what's, what's our best options here? Or do we need to meet down the middle? Then you sit there and think, okay, 
for, and I don't want to, obviously, I, the last thing I want to be is controversial. But then the next thing genuinely that popped into my head was what made Jesus different to all the other Messiah that were knocking around at the time? Was it his charisma? Was it his magnetic personality? Or was it genuinely the fact that he's the son of God? And that, that's the question answered for all, for all time and from here on in. Who knows? Um, so lots of things bounce around my head. But I, I went straight back to, to your message where you're saying, uh, this is out of the rack. So what I'm left with is my girls. So what I'm left with here is, is there anything that I can do? that I'm not already doing to make sure that I can, you know, as, as best as any father can guarantee my girls have the starting life and they're as happy in their lives at 50 as I am sat here right now and talking to you. Is there anything that I need to change? What do I need to do? Is there anything I can put in place? How do I need to be a different Daz Vaness father to two teenagers? I, you know, that's the question. My or do I need to tinker? And that's what I'm left with is my little princesses. It's freaking rad, bro. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's a, yeah, it's it's a bit deep. It's, it may be a bit sort of bit sort of corny, but uh, everything that you know, uh, everything that I do in the sport, you know. In, in cricket is to see if we can move things further ahead and, and just make it better. The game's evolving and you want everything to just be better. It's no different when you come home and you, you know, you know, the opportunities to be home uh, in, in our, uh, a, a brief, you know, we spend a lot of time either on the road or away from home, uh, in the office, in the gym and, and coaching hours. You know, it takes up a lot of time. There's no doubt that you end up having two families. You have one family at home and one family at work. And there's no doubt that with family, you know, appreciate what you're doing. But blood is blood and babies are my babies. So that, that, that's the answer to my second one. What can I put in place, if anything, to make sure that they, they're just happy and just go through life with the same perspective as I have, which was given to me by my parents. That's awesome, brother. But I also think, again, that that's another great tie-in. You know, we talk about how much we work. We talk about the hours. Everybody loves the hashtag grind and all that garbage, whatever that all means. But, you know, the idea of having a second family because we're here so often or there so often or with them so often, you know, like you guys, you're on the road so often. But eventually, you got to have your zero, man. You got to get yourself back to neutral. So what's Dazzy's escape? Honestly, uh, again, I, I went around the houses and you, you look at a few things, but there's only, there's only one genuine, true escape for me, and, and that is the gym. You know, I've, I'm 50 years old, and I started living uh, in March 1983. All right, so 37 years I've been lifting. You know, you miss a, you miss a few weeks here and there. I had a little bit of... Uh, around about 10 years ago when I had a, a, a total rupture in my patella tendon. So you end, you know, you end up just doing rehab and, and miss out a few things then. But other than that, um, 
it's just been consistently in that place. And I, and I look at the fact that, you know, I've spent, you know, this is coming, this is coming into my 25th winter now. So this is 25 years in pro sport and um, in, in team sport, but the deeply personal accomplishment that comes from just every set, every rep, that still gives me, me peace and it gives me clarity. And it means that, okay, that is, that's my personal accomplishment. That is me. You know, if I've got any demons, that's where I go. If I've got frustrations, that's where they're dealt with. Um, but the amount of times, and you, you've, been, you've had conversations with Rob R uh, in the past as well, haven't you? So Rob and I, um, we love a little get together whenever we can. And if we, if we get the opportunity, uh, we'll be deadlifting to Rengar or some, uh, some interesting soul music and some bouncing tunes. The amount of times I've spent with that man and just those moments of clarity, the amount of times we've, we've put the world to rights time and time again, the two of us in that gym. And uh, there's a couple of other guys that I train regularly with, um, Andy Mitchell and Joel Tratt in particular. Uh, again, two SNCs on the county circuit now, and they've both been uh, interns with me in the past. And things just get sorted down. Problems that have just been that way in your brain. It, it, it's, it's always the way. You, you have that little distraction. You know, for, for other people, you know, if they're singing to a song, they remember where they've left their car keys. Uh, for me, it's little much of clarity in there, in that place. And... That has, that has always been my, my personal sort of escape. And that balances me out 100%. And after that, I'm back to my girls and my hobby of skimming stones into the sea. And find a, find a pebbly beach if we can. Uh, we've got one not too far away. And how many bounces can we get? Skimming stones with the girls. Great time. So that for me, that's it. There's, there's nothing that beats it. I love it, man. And I think that there's not a truer thing that might have ever been said on this show, or at least to this point, that is like you, you can solve the world's problems in the gym. Like we call it, like there's three of us and some of our sports med people jump in now too. We call it our fellowship and it, cause it's like we're training and we're talking about everything and nothing. And it's like uh, the problems from, the political idiocy that is going on in this country right now to like COVID and how we need to progress to why is this bike squeaking? Like, you know, I mean like all over the place, but it's just like, for some reason when you're sitting there just going at it, whatever you're doing, whether you're lifting something heavy or it's me being an idiot on the skier or the rower, like something just happens and, and questions find answers. And it's really awesome. Every, every time. Glad you are, I'm glad you have exactly the same. And a good thing now at Surrey as well is, you know, uh, our physio, um, Alex Tyso, we'll, we'll, pop, we'll pop downstairs, we'll sing to some shocking 80s tunes. And, uh, and again, it's those little moments where you're piecing together uh, just bit pieces of the jigsaw puzzle. And it's amazing how many times you find 
that, that little piece, all of a sudden, you can see what's in front of you. It's there. You find the corner piece that finishes the job. No doubt. And it's, it's almost like kids need more physical education. Maybe that would help them cognitively. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe <laughs> not. Who knows? Just throw that out there, man. Yeah, yeah. But nah. Don't go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, no doubt. But listen, Dazzy, it's great to see you, brother. I'm so glad you're doing well, man. I'm glad we could get this down. And listen, buddy, it's always great to, to see you and catch up. And I appreciate your time. Right back at Mate, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure. You know, it's been a long time coming for you and I. We've had a few setbacks, but I'm so yeah. good to see you happy, see you smiling, and see you ready to go kicking on. Awesome, yeah, you, mate. Yeah, man. You too, brother. Appreciate you, my man. And we'll be in touch soon, bud. Cheers. Roger that. Take it easy, bud. Yeah.